All right, folks, before we get to the main event, I want to tell you about our good friends at Technip FMC. Now, you've heard me talk about them before. They're great friends of OGGN. They do great things for the industry, and you probably know them for their subsea business. But did you know that Technip FMC also has a fantastic set of offerings for surface applications? And the one I want to tell you about right now is called eMission. Technip FMC eMission. Now, this is their latest innovation for reducing emissions and flaring. Emission is amazing. It uses process automation, wireless instrumentation, and machine learning all wrapped up into one solution that will let you monitor and control vapor pressure in real time. Technip FMC Emission. You can learn more about it on the Technip FMC website, which is, of course, technipfmc.com. Look for Emission. under pressure innovation in its finest hour this is the oil and gas technology podcast where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities hear about how it happens in real life with your host michael o'sullivan the views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation consortium governing body or interplanetary federation is really hot for you right now um oh i've been looking at uh, i'm not going to give them na- any credence i'm not going to speak about their names but i've been looking at these these uh, groups of like environmental activists protesters you, they even borderline eco-terrorism if you and um they actually started and actually what they do is their activities are to gain as much notoriety as possible to actually end up on on shows so I can talk about it because they assume that's what gives them their, their power and I've been looking at them in the UK especially there's not that many here uh, and it's mostly because in the UK the the laws actually protect them in terms of like when they deal with police or when they deal with society they're allowed to you know uh, actually infringe on, on other people's rights more than they can here uh, wait a minute, wait, 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 yeah. okay. So I'll give you an example I lost without something. saying who they are. When I was demonstrating the robot, I, I, the laws, so eco-terrorists... So let me, let me, let me yeah, tell yeah, you, because right. I, I refuse, Break to, this down a little bit. I refuse yeah. to tell you who they are, although... No, I don't want to know who they most are. Most people will actually guess. So I, I, I believe that the original organization started a few years ago, maybe 2017 and 2016, you know, uh, extreme messages of climatic disasters oh. coming. And, and FYI, you know, I, I, I have very strong environmental beliefs. I, I want to live you in a world... You drive a Tesla. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I do have an electric car, but, and, you know, I do want to live in a world that has clean water and clean air, and I have kids, so I believe in a future for them. You know, in, sure, in some capacity, sure. uh, I also have you know empathic uh, feelings about other people in this world too. So, you know, I'm not. This sounds like a huge caveat you're laying out here right now. Yeah, because like, because I still don't support what they do and how they do it, or even the messaging around them. So, Got it. Okay. Right? And, I, and I believe I'm in the majority here, not the minority. Probably. Yep. So uh, there was one. Certainly group, in the room. They certainly became, uh, <clears throat> and I think that there was two splinter groups that came out of them. Because the first group wasn't as fanatical or as extreme as... And this is a natural progression of most of these kind of protest groups, right? And I think as these kind of groups eventually evolve, I believe that they'll become... Right now, they believe they what they're doing is non-violent, uh, but it is violent. You are fundamentally stopping people. You're causing uh, havoc. You're actually destroying property. You are... They've even... There was one incident where a woman was being driven to um, a hospital. She actually suffered a... Uh, she was about to go into a stroke. 
uh, and I think she was, uh, and then she basically suffered a full stroke and was paralyzed because she couldn't actually get to the hospital. She was in there for several hours, I believe, stuck in traffic. That sounds, it's tragic. Uh, yeah. It sounds like violence to me. And then one splinter group, uh, and recent faction has been just trying to stop for all new fossil fuel activities right now. Yeah. Which, which I still find a little bit challenging, especially for like Western Europe, because they are, if you talk to anyone in Europe right now, they're suffering through massive amounts of like power cuts. They're struggling with their natural gas. The war in the Ukraine has basically hindered that. So even if they want to switch to a full renewable energy source, they, they can't. They're going to have to do more exploration, more production of it. Right. Uh, I and, saw uh, Germany's looking at uh, coal. Un- unbanning fracking. Yes, and now they've actually bought the coal plants. Coal plants. So, uh, you know, like I understand that there's a, you know, future consequence of this down the road, increasing in a carbon footprint. But also, it's difficult to think about a future that's you know ten to twenty years down the road, when people can't make it the next six months or the next one year. Right. Same thing. uh, Self is challenging. uh, The energy minister, whoever it was from the Congo, recently said, "Our priority right now is not to save the planet." Because we have to save our people who yeah. are, you and, know, and first. I, and, I still, and I always believe this, that we can always do things in a sustainable way. Sure. And I believe that the reason why these groups are fundamentally wrong is that their messaging is wrong because they're targeting, um, you know, uh, co- corporations and NGOs. And they, they're targeting government agencies. Sure. But that's not the government or these corporations 10 years ago, right? If you look at most corporations right now, they have very strong carbon messaging, carbon neutrality, trying to offset... Uh, certain factors uh, and more sustainable development. There's and it's real now. It's not just talk. It's not just talk. I mean, actual Oxy Occidental Petroleum just announced a four billion dollar, two billion dollar, four billion dollar uh, carbon capture facility that they're building in the Permian. Yes, and they're going to turn around and use the carbon that was captured and use it uh, to inject for an enhanced oil recovery. Uh, so that basically, which which means you can get like a third pass. You know, hydrocarbons out of the ground, right? Uh, tertiary. And so what that means is not only are you pulling the carbon out of the air, but you're getting more production out of the existing holes in the ground, and you don't have to drill more holes in the ground to get the same amount of production, which is also presumably good for the environment and the climate, right? So that's real. They're spending real money on that. And it's really smart. I also read this paper, um, which is very easy to do, about uh, the ability to take... Um, methane or basically you know emissions from that uh, and then use it for reinjection to do things like uh, yeah. cloud computing bitcoining right. know, trying to run these kind of systems right? which which in itself is a way of saving energy yeah. and producing it so think so of it's it real that. it's so real there's, now there's technologies out there there's patents out there we, we're definitely moving in the direction we're no longer those entities and the problem i have with these kind of organizations is that it doesn't move the needle forward but it actually goes against what they're trying to achieve and it can be counterproductive. What doesn't move the needle forward? Uh, violent actions. Oh, right. Them, you know. Um, yeah. What, so what is it that they? What is it that they think that they hope to achieve by that? Is it just an expression of anger or? It's, an expression of frust- it's a frustration. I think these are relatively. I think they have good intentions. I think what they're doing is they believe that there's this extreme climatic event that's happening and they have to basically react to it. Uh, and they believe the public isn't being well, informed. They've been told that. They believe the public isn't being informed, and if the public isn't informed, then they need to, <clears throat> uh, you know, create 
enough disruption so they can get the spotlight on them, so they can inform the public. And when they believe when the public is informed, then the public will then put pressure on governments yeah, and, yeah. and corporations to actually react. But the the problem with that statement is the public is informed. I mean, there's there isn't there's very few people who are whether you believe it or not, you are informed about it. Like it is your choice to to make, you can you can choose to sure. make a decision on it. Yeah, there's a difference between being informed and being persuaded. I agree. Right. Yeah. So there's no so, lack of information about. So it may not it. be. Uh, yeah. The, the different. Well, there's a lack. Of, I, I think there's a lack of balanced information in a lot of cases. Right. I mean, there's but, not, but there's no lack of information. But there's no lack of information. Exactly. Right. So that's the issue. Is that I believe the public is informed. The general public is informed. Of course, you're going to find anomalies all over the place that just don't know what's going on in anything of their life. There's a lot. There's a not a lot, <laughs> but there's a there's a significant. True groups of elements of people from all societies, all the countries in the world that are relatively vacuous, that just are you know, completely self-absorbed in everything they do. So they aren't interested in these kind of like larger issues, or even issues just you know, that don't involve them. And that's, that's true for every society in every part of the world, that there's always elements that won't know it. And yeah. if you try to convince them or try to inform them, they're not interested. So those are, those and, are elements. And you don't necessarily can, need to. Because, you don't have to. Yeah. Because, because those are the same people that if, if they knew more, they wouldn't necessarily do anything differently, yeah. right? Yeah. So, exactly. so, uh, I mean, uh, a really weird example is, and, and I and I definitely don't watch this, but this is interesting. Was that <clears throat> the uh, uh, Armenian genocide only really got real notoriety and kind of like uh, popularity was when the Kardashians spoke about it. And then when they interviewed the fans of the Kardashians, they were suddenly, oh my God, there was this Armenian genocide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, that was so. Yeah, that was the kind of, so. Those are some of those people that are in their own kind of bubble until you penetrate that bubble with some of these influences. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah. So my issue with some of these groups is that they are counterproductive to actual groups out there who are doing good. So talk about them. So who are some actual groups that are doing good? Um. Honestly, I believe it's the operators. I believe it's some of the larger national oil companies. Can't be those guys. It is. Like, you just they don't want to talk about them, but they are. Yeah, it is. And that's who needs to do it, because that's who has the responsibility of action and has the resource to do so. I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I have conversations every week with people in different companies, not, not, not just related to the podcast, but to other, other things in my life uh, that I do. And um, I have conversations every week with people in companies um, and we talk about what they're needing, what they're trying to accomplish. And we're talking about things, real initiatives that have real budget behind them, that have people assigned, that have organizations built around it. And it's all about ESG and sustainability right, and yeah. carbon. And, and so, whether they're, you could, so whether their heart is truly in it or not, or whether they're being forced to do it, the fact is... That's where the money's going. That's where the people's time is going. That's where the brain power is going. Right, yes. It's all that's it's all being applied there. From a purely commercial perspective, uh, in terms of like, uh, let's take data for example, right? If you start looking at like tracking of information from ESG alone, it's huge. There's a huge footprint in there. You can create an entire ecosystem of companies just around tracking uh, a way to uh, deal with the consequences of it, reporting it, tracking, oh, yeah, yeah. sharing information. There's an industry right there that hasn't existed before in this scale which can be quite lucrative if you're looking from that perspective. And lucrative means that if you can generate capital, you can create companies, you can start employing people. Yes. That's really what you want in society, is to have as many people employed as possible yeah. so that they aren't really, they're fundamentally generating wealth 
right. generating revenue versus right. actually, you know, taking from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, like, these are all positive things versus negative things, right? The other one is actually is the academic institutes out there who are, you know, invested in kind of developing technologies. Uh, there's also smaller, I always believe in this kind of like left field, left field organizations that will just, uh, that will create interesting technologies to kind of address some of these things. And it would be to, as it won't necessarily be to tackle climate change itself, but it would be for things like um, maybe it will be for cleaning up an oil spill, or maybe it'll be for you know removing carbon from the atmosphere, uh, and and then there'll be some commercial application of it, yeah. and that's how you scale, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's people. It, this is the. It's you know whether it has the same level of fervor or impending doom um it's these things come along from time to time that cause people that, that create uh, opportunity for lots of money to be spent but also lots of innovation and you know y2k was uh i was around for that and there was uh, there was no expense spared right um it was uh it, it was a fun time for the consulting companies and the tech companies and um uh but you know, but it worked. Like midnight came and went, and everything was fine. So you could say maybe everything was going to be fine anyway. I don't think so, though. I, th- I think there would have been some problems. I think I, think, I, I don't think there would have been like world-ending catastrophic problems, I think but there the, would have been some. Problems. The climate issue is probably similar in its in its sense is that uh, I think with all the steps we're taking. We will see consequences of that. We, look, we're seeing rising sea levels. We're seeing increase in temperature, unnecessary, you know, longer than lasting droughts, and you know, and there's consequences to that. What I believe will happen is I don't believe the entire world population will or will be will be extinct. Uh, species survives, human survives, and you know, like we survive because the dinosaurs, you know, they they moment had come and gone, and so who knows what will come after us, you know. Um, sure. But yeah. I think we're more resilient in the sense is that. We can build habitats to survive, and we can figure out problems around it. And uh, it's not—it's not a world that I certainly want to look forward to. But I believe that the human human species will survive in some capacity, and and will you know will thrive. Uh, and if we can delay that inevitable kind of direction, then great. We should we should absolutely do that. Uh, it, it may be like Y2K. It, it may come this like moment in time, and we realize oh maybe. It's we, fine. It's fine because all the things <laughs> we've done incrementally have solved. Well, there are some people that are arguing, right? For um, I've mentioned this on some previous shows, but um, and I kind of I cannot remember the name of the guy that wrote this one particular book recently. Um, that, but and there's some other people making the same argument, which is looking at climate change, climate warming. Uh, the way you would look at a true like full cost benefit analysis. What are the so so there's we we know what the what the negatives are because we talk about those all the time but it turns out there's some positives and do the posi- if you do cost benefit analysis do the positives outweigh the negatives or vice versa what's the cost versus the benefit and there's some people that are making arguments and I'm not I'm not qualified to argue this but the point is these views are out there uh, about um, apparently I didn't completely get dressed today um, it's that kind of show uh, <laughs> it's it's not yet. But when we bring the bar cart in, yeah, all yeah, bets yeah, are off. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, uh, about uh, a graining of the planet, right? Uh, longer growing seasons and, um, you know, because plants like CO2 and um, um, or comparing it to other periods in history, like like uh, when things are 
Like we've had like mini, little mini ice ages, like in the Middle Ages, and that wasn't real good for 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 people. And uh, or or the notion that well, we have we have these little ice ages every every however many thousand years, and uh, we're probably getting close to the next one. So if we if we tinker with it too much, are we going to push ourselves too close to that? And and I'm yeah, sure that I, I mean I know not I'm sure there, there there might be some people listening to this and their heads are exploding. I'm not advocating for anything in particular. I'm just saying that like those different views are out there that say we have to look at all the different possibilities. And I think with any right? of these kind of views, one, you shouldn't ignore them completely because, I mean, not too far in our own history, we ignored the people who thought the uh, the Earth was not flat. You know, uh, FYI, the Earth is not flat. I mean, I know, I know there's a whole bunch of folks out there that believe It's a government that. trick. It, yeah, it's, a government it's really flat. Trick. It's a conspiracy for all. Yeah. Every single pilot that exists in the world, somehow... They're all... They all every they've all been captain, duped. They've all been all, duped. They've all been duped, yeah. yeah. But at some point, you know, like the... It's the Matrix. Uh, yeah. The, 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 the scientists back then who were saying, hey, you know, the Earth could be round, and, you know, we, we, we laughed at them, right? So um, I think any of these theories should be uh, peer-reviewed. The internet is the worst place for these ideas to come to market because there's no there's no avenue for like yeah. uh, critical thinking. It's just right. get, you know you, you galvanize people that think along your path, and then the idea becomes reality. You're right. Uh, so right. I think if you can create a place for these ideas to uh, have a platform, and then these ideas to be uh, built upon, but also peer reviewed, and then of course people who put ideas out there should also be open minded and be accepting that the idea is just is really bad. Like, just because you yeah. feel passionate about the idea... Right, like, sometimes you have to throw in the towel and say... You throw in the towel and say, well, yeah, maybe that's yeah, not the, yeah, the right... Uh, yeah, that one was dumb, yeah. right. Even yeah. though people are quite passionate about these things. Right? Yeah. I mean, um, right now, we, you know, we're here with ARC specialty, and, yeah, I'm looking at this, like, uh, robot. robotic arm right here, and I was thinking, like, yeah, look, if you're living in a very terrible future that has very harsh environments that we can't... Extreme heat, extreme cold, maybe wind, well, then this is an opportunity for robotics to actually work in places we can't work anymore. yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. there may be an entire new industry out there that is purely robotic, but is actually, you know, could be automated, it could be not, but there'll be opportunities out there uh, that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. 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 I'm with you. Right. So yeah. what, so what, um, uh, so I want to come back to the operators, the oil companies that are, are making an effort. They aren't all equal. And that's and that's fair. Well, and they all aren't prioritizing the same things. They aren't prioritizing the same things. Right. Uh, I think the super ma the super major are doing a pretty good job, um, mostly because they work in multiple countries around the world. I think the independents or the national oil companies are usually challenged by their own uh, local politics or just incentivization. But so yeah. far, we've not really seen any real resistance to this. Like you said, whether they've been dragged into it, coerced into it, yeah. or oh, they believe in it, it is happening. They've got entire business verticals and horizontals dedicated to this. Right, and right. So like when you look at the org charts today, you see... You see them at the forefront of, the, of every decision-making. So either they're... And you see whole teams of people, whole departments organized around these initiatives. So either they're just paying those people to do nothing <laughs> or... or so, you know, I mean, there is a. They could be greenwashing. Like greenwashing is something we should be always aware of. Um, but the problem that I think with greenwashing is why it doesn't hold up too much water anymore is because uh, you see washing and water. Yeah, so put those. Two, I was. I'm yeah, with you. That's I'm pretty with you. Yeah. pretty clever. Yeah, it's because I mean everything is up for immediate scrutiny. 
like within seconds, anything that's released, it could be easily analyzed, scrutinized in a disadvantaged way, of course, you know, because people overreact to any information that comes out there too quickly. But let's assume, you know, uh, company A puts out a report and says we're doing these things that can easily be quantified and proven against quite quickly. So companies are yeah, more incentivized yeah. not to do that anymore. Right. Right. It's no longer a report goes out. It takes months for it to get like the way with social media is and the way information can be easily discerned and translated and informed and shared instantaneously and scaled up so quickly it's too dangerous for them to actually put out misleading yeah fair enough right yeah you can't really and um and people leak like yeah. companies have people i think right now there's lots of organizations and the quality of the employment they have they have that kind of social uh, collaboration yeah. and cultures right. built into them. Right, 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 right. It's not. It's not just the old timers who were rolling their eyes, going. Well, I mean, actually, I think so. Is the old timers? I mean, I've. I mean, yeah. You're going to get maybe a few that. It's hard pressed to find someone that just doesn't want to live in a world that they have. They can't breathe the air or drink the water. Yeah, yeah. It's just a weird. Right, you know, right, sure. You're going to get anomalies, but. You know. Well, I think I think what's more likely is you have somebody who doesn't believe that. Who are, I don't want to use the word belief because that creates the notion of subjective belief. Somebody who's not convinced that what's happening is going to impact their ability to have clean air and clean water. So everybody wants to have be able to breathe the air and have clean water. It's a question of whether we think that's in jeopardy or not. Yeah, you know, and, and this comes back to also then um, motivation and then also getting an actionable item. And this is why these. These smaller groups kind of like frustrate me is because they're trying to hold these these governments actually hostage to their yeah. demands. So the problem is they really are a minority. I mean, a tiny minority of a population. And if governments give in to those things, no matter how noble the cause could be, well, then any organization will can do that. And then we'll end up in anarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which okay. isn't necessarily <clears throat> any better than the end of civilization. Um, <laughs> Although I don't know, I no disrespect to the anarchists out there. I do have some, I, I do, I do, uh, I do sympathize with some of their uh, <coughs> some of their, their uh, some of their philosophical kind of yeah point like like uh, you know I kind of get it, um, but since this is the tech show, um, and I don't want uh, I don't want our my my faithful listeners to say, good God, he's talking about ESG again. Um, but the tech, but there is a lot of investments right now, as we said. Yes. In these financial things. investments and the technologies that are being brought to bear. Um, what's interesting, what I've seen. So I'm interested in what you're seeing because I know you're out, you're you're out there doing your thing. Um, uh, the technologies that are being brought to bear on this problem of getting all the data and the measurements and figuring out how to crunch it in the reporting and the da 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 right? It's it's very much uh, the stuff the stuff that we've been in this industry that we've been innovating uh, on, kind of iterating on for the last few years for other purposes is suddenly becoming very useful for this purpose, like the ability to handle massive amounts of data and and real-time processing and to be able to model different scenarios to figure out what's the better, you know, wh where do we get, you know, what's gonna get us better? Because, because don't forget, these companies are 
these are for-profit organizations. <laughs> they have to make money, and so it's not just it's not just making decisions about the the the, the environmental things, but there's government incentives and there's tax credits and there's penalties and things like this. So you have to model those scenarios too and say, well, if we want to choose to do this, not because we're greedy and we want the money, but because if we, because that helps us keep doing what we're doing, right? Yeah, because there is a responsibility to the shareholders, but also to the employees to be successful. Right. So, so, right. I mean, so if we go broke trying to uh, to accomplish all of these uh, ESG goals, then that's not really helping people. Correct. Either, and, right? and and the whole point is not to go uh, is not to Im- impact, not to negatively impact your operations with sustainable goals. In fact, the op- the opposite is is what we're seeing. Is, right, right. Is basically to have sustainability goals. But also integrate that into your operations, and you can do both very yeah. successfully. Actually, yeah. yeah. So, so what? So, what are you seeing uh, tech-wise? What's what's having a big impact? Uh, I think tech-wise, it's it's uh, open data platforms, right? Because ultimately, you have all these kind of like disparate. How did I know entities. you were going to say that? Well, I mean, that's that's really where this, our specialty comes in, and this is really where I'm seeing. I don't know any like specific like uh, like machine tooling that actually you know is tracking right. this thing. Right, that's not really my right, right, right. my forte, and I'll just be you know making up stuff. But but the importance is actually is, is even if you have a um, some miraculous piece of equipment that can you know extract carbon and then convert it into a you know successful form Air of spray. energy. Right. Well, like. What's its inputs like? How how performant is it? Will it break down? If it breaks yeah. down, what's the consequence of breaking down? Like, how do we keep it running? Do we need five? Do we need ten? Do we just need one? Because ultimately, it comes down to well, does that cost? What's its energy footprint to run that? What's the crew needed to actually maintain that piece of equipment? And if we scaled it up, what does that mean? Like, how many crews we have? Uh, supply chain to actually support that piece of, of of kit, and this is where data is fundamentally important across that, right? and an yeah. open one because you have all these different data sets, data types, different organizations, groups, federal, regulatory, corporate, private. Uh, there's concerns around you know privacy of data, and and I always say open doesn't mean not secure. Open just means an open format with open standards that you can communicate yeah. better. Right? So well, and and so uh, again. Um, on a similar note to what I just said a minute ago, uh, it, it, the the things that we've been embracing or innovating or creating whatever for other purposes are coming uh, are becoming useful. In the, yeah, because 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 it's only been recently that the industry has been imb- real really truly embracing these open data platforms, right? That's right. We sort of paid lip service to them in the past, but we didn't really do it. Um, That's right. The other thing that the industry does well at is is actually uh, high-quality service. Right? And this is important because there's rigorous, like, you know, if you work in the field or you work for organizations or companies that have field operations, it's uh, safety, 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 right? Those are the three things that they care about, right? And the, it's you know safety of people, safety of equipment, but also safety of oper- operations. So mm-hmm. they do everything for safety, and they always encourage and empower the, the good ones. Encourage and empower their employees to uh, stop actions immediately if they see an unsafe operation. Yeah. And the reason this is important is because the safer your operations are, the less likely there'll be failure or, or something catastrophic happening. Now there have been catastrophic incidents happening, but you can count them. Yeah. Relative to all of the, all the, all Correct, the gears yes. and pulleys that are and flying I, around, I think that, yeah, 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 can learn from them in terms of like 
how much you invest in training your employees with the safety and standardization uh, and have that safety in, 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 in embedded into you. Like we, we take it, you know, I came from oil and gas, we take it for granted that all other industries have this safety focus. And the answer is it's not true. Like, you know, uh, and I'm going to say this facetiously, like you, if you work in an office and um, even in an oil and gas company, you get the same level of training as if you worked in the field with the same training instilled in you, even though the hazardous nature isn't always the same. Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of almost, you can almost take that quite lightly. Well, those and, stairways are treacherous. Yeah, stairways, stairways and coffee cups, and you yeah, can yeah, kind of yeah, mock yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the same. The, the whole thing is to build this culture of safety. Right, right. That's transparent. And that's important. And that's something that the industry can also help other industries with automotive, manufacturing, uh, financial services, like yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, pharmaceuticals, right? So, these are uh, some of the uh, areas that we can we can take in. So, high quality service standardization of that. Um, <clears throat> I once heard someone speak about, and it, it didn't make sense until you think about. It. He says they have young kids and they'd rather their kids work at, uh, you know, somewhere in the Midlands in an offshore in a not offshore in a land, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a land, uh, you know, uh, a drilling site versus working in an Amazon warehouse because of just the... Because you're outside in the fresh air and it's good for you. Oh, yeah, and that's also true. But just because, like, you know, some of the those reports we get from, like, you know, some of the workers falling uh, with, the, with, you know, with health and safety issues working in some of these 24-7 warehousing. Yeah. Not just Amazon. Like, most of the delivery companies that have this kind of have these. Also, some of the mental health issues are a Some mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've, we've seen the unions actually come out and speak about this, right? Uh, but then, you know, in the field, again, it's had that safety issue. Of course, the dangers are, um, you know, right. are much worse. Rain falls on your head. Yeah. Yes, you can fall off a thing. Equipment falls on you. You can have catastrophic issues, but there is that safety that's kind of built into it. And and you know you can you can mock safety a little bit and think, oh well, that's just you know you're being overcautious. But again, if things aren't failing, things aren't breaking, and there's little consequences. Also, it means that operations are running smoothly as predicted, and then you can actually control and maintain a sustainable operation better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, safety. Good Sa- yeah. safety. A well-oiled machine, you know, without the uh, fun. Uh, yeah. Um, how do we get off on safety? Well, it's one of the things the industries can bring to it. So, oh yeah, 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 right, yeah. right. So right. that's the thing. It's like, right, what right, else can? Right. We, and, and cut, yeah, what else can we? What, what else is the industry doing that that has already is now scaling out to other other parts? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the um, and again, I see um, a lot of a lot of the 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 innovation, the technology that has been developed. Over the last, I mean, obviously we've been developing technology for many years in oil and gas, but a lot of the stuff that's just been done in the last, I would say, ten years, um, uh, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm living in a in a maybe I have a, a skewed perspective, but it seems like some of the stuff that that we've done uh, actually is you know is pretty advanced and is now like it w- and we did it for this purpose um like um like i don't know let's take an example well we, methane detection yeah, yeah yeah right so infrared scanning for gases and anomalies right that was done for health and safety reasons but it can also then be used for just detecting it in terms of leaking Right. right. Uh, the other one, and that's for health and safety, you know, to prevent uh, catastrophic incidents. But you can use it to 
detect other gases that's leaking. You can detect faulty sure. pipelines. Or like uh, like the automation technology, right? Yeah, automation so we've so one. we've done a lot um, in recent years. We did a lot, and and the, and the real the objective originally was uh, operational efficiency. Um, you know, if I can, it, 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 there was some safety safety factor yeah. into that, but I'm kind of going a different route. So <laughs> the point is, we had business objectives that we said we need to in these operational environments, right? Whether it's in a refinery or it's in a production facility or out at a frac pad, whatever it is. We're trying to bring more automation and we can bring more automation uh, because of what we've learned to do with by using all the data instead of just some of the data and what we learned to do with with machine learning and like all the all the digital transformation buzzwords uh, that are now, you know, realities in, in many places. Um, uh, our business objectives at the time were purely like the, um, uh, business yeah. related to the yeah. business, right? Um, uh, you know, reduce lifting costs or increase yeah. or whatever it is, increase right? Increase extraction, reduce yeah. production. Right. Um, well, it turns out uh, that automation technology, uh, when you talk about uh, methane, and I think, um, I think the thing that you know, Technip FMC, their emission product, uh, puts some of this to use, and I've seen it in other places where, okay, well now. Um, we can uh, with the with the methane detection, uh, and you bring automation into that. And now, not only can you detect uh, the methane, but you can use the automation technology to make adjustments, like in real time, to all the stuff, all the equipment. Uh, yeah, to can. to right, I, I mean, and yeah, you, you, you can right. So it's uh, it, a lot of it came from there, and uh, now there's better. There's better collaboration to do the inference at the edge. They call them inference at the right, edge. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, ultimately, yeah. the decision making for auto autonomous. Yes. Uh, uh, another great example: the edge computing capabilities. Right, yes, we yes. couldn't. A lot of it existed back then. Right, it just wasn't. Um, it wasn't open as such, uh, and the reason is it was just the way corporation had worked back then, and that's changing right now. Yeah. The reason it has to be open is because you have to work with different vendors and technologies, and uh, and you want to work with better vendors and better technologies, right? And you have different options now. Sure. Um, and also costs, right? Uh, you you have choice that you can work with it. Um, they did pioneer a lot of this uh, thinking and this type of technology. Um, only because it was the only industry working. Well, there was one more, but this was the more prevalent. The other one was actually uh, space exploration, yeah, working yeah. in extreme hazardous environments, right, difficult right, things. Right. So they had to make robotics and automation, make a lot of decision making, and you know, remote uh, monitoring, and then also remote operations was actually you know NASA, right? Like, what do you do with some of these satellites and you know, uh, robotics out there? Right. Uh, and oil and gas is obviously more scaled, and and there's even a natural co collaboration between space technology and oil and gas technology. I think we covered that once before. Yeah, these are actually we one-to-one -one kind of... We were at the, at the at the Texas Tea Tavern. That was when we talked about... Yeah, these are one-to-one -one, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, kind of like natural kind of fit there. And we'll see this kind of fits going on further with energy, not just oil and gas, but energy uh, along, all along right now. Um, right, right. So some of these things, so many of these things that we've, that we've uh, learned to do and that we've created... So now we have a new set of objectives, newish set of objectives to say, yeah. well, now you've got to, you got to reduce your emissions. You got to, uh, whatever the thing, whatever these various objectives are, the same, 
the same uh, ability to what we do with data, where we do it, at the edge, the automation that we can bring, the decision making, the, right? Yep. All of that is is it seems to me, and, and this is just this is just something I is something I just really thought about in in like probably in the last uh, few days was wow, all that stuff is now becoming really useful uh, for all these other things. Whereas if, uh, so let, let's put it a different way. What if we had had the pressure to for all of these environmental ESG type uh, objectives 10 years ago? We would have had a much harder time doing something about it, I think. Yes. Right? Uh, and it depends who you talk to. If you talk to certain groups, they would say, this should have happened 20 years ago or 30 years ago when it Sorry. was first coming out, right? Uh, and I think there's a danger in that statement because because back then they said the same thing. They said that there's this looming catastrophe and that it immediately had to happen within, you know, and they gave a very short timeline as to what yeah, that was. Yeah. And we hit that and didn't, we didn't, never really experienced the... This thing, right, right? right? Which means that all technology, if people had made massive investment back then, and we saw no changes, we would have stopped it. Yeah, right, right, right. And never, never got back to it again. And right. then eventually would have hit this like right. disaster. That would have been called a money pit, right? Exactly, and yeah. never come back to it again. There would, no one would have ever believed it, right? So I think yeah. it's. I think maybe we could have done it a little sooner, but that's. It, it doesn't matter. We can't travel back in time. We can't make those changes. So. Uh, we are where we are. We're gonna to have to, you know, deal with what we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. How are we doing on time? I don't know because I couldn't work the timer. It looks like it's exactly the same time. It, it is. <laughs> it is. It's not. It's not moving. Just, just sitting there. Um, I, I feel like we're getting probably close to. I mean, it's, it's, it's pushing five o'clock on a Friday. We should, yeah. we should be. We should be at the bars. I think our be. host wants us to go visit his uh, factory. He, he does. He, we're gonna go. We're gonna go have a look over there. Um, anything else like on your minds, tech wise? I know you're not only working with oil and gas these days. No, I work with a lot of utility companies. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and and you know, same issues though, right? Same same challenges. Exactly same issues. In fact, yeah. that's the the kind of like quandary is that it's it's no longer like oil and gas versus utilities. It's oil and gas plus utilities plus renewables. Yeah, right. You're gonna have to factor in renewables as well, and and I'm a big fan of renewables because you know hopefully it it, it helps us reduce some of these uh, these issues we have. The issue I have with renewables is, is that yeah they are renewable energy sources, but they're not consistent. Like you know you can't really predict when. Well, you can make better wind wind predictions, but the wind isn't consistent. The sun isn't consistent, right? So that is some of the issues we're seeing. Yeah, uh, and those are kind of yeah, hard. The they reality the reality is energy demand is growing at a rate that the renewables can't fill. So we're going to have to, in, in, some, in some period of time, they, we're going to have to, we're going to have to produce more oil and gas. We we're going to have to produce more before we produce less. So think of it this way. Think of it like a connected energy kind of like sphere where there's different pieces of this thing to help us. Like us as consumers, yeah, us, yeah, yeah. us as individuals, right. like, you know, uh, you need uh, fuel for your, for your vehicle, fuel for your homes, you need fuel for transportation, right? You need energy for your homes, energy right. for your vehicle, energy for your, uh, you know, economy. You almost shouldn't care where it comes from as long as it's affordable and it's clean. And, and clean can also be oil and gas. As long as it's always there. And as long as it's always there, that's affordable. Right. I think that's the word that we, we struggle well, with. Well, aff affordable. Well, um, well so, I don't know what the ratio is for most people, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be free. No, no, no. But I can, just because I can afford it doesn't mean it's always there. Like, like 
I, I, well, uh, it should always be there. It should be, it should be consistent, reliable, right. and it yeah. should be affordable. The right. problem with it being reliable and not affordable is that oh, yeah. you then remove people from the element. If they can't sure. afford it, okay. they can't use it, and then you have a breakdown in one part of society. Right. Right. I'm with you. So, no, the point that I was making is just that these, all of these, so um, all the work that we're doing, specifically um, in oil and gas, uh, and the innovation and the new ways of working and all of this is going to continue to be important because we are going to have to oil production is going to have oil and gas mostly natural gas is going to have to increase before it decreases I think so especially you know right, right now what we saw with I'm, I'm talking about like over the next say 20 years it's going to have to go up it's going to have to go up it has to go up and there's reasons for it to go up uh so trying to stop new drilling because, climate because of the gap because you can't because if energy demand is I mean it's it's I mean I'm not good at math but if energy demand is growing like this and you get this much oil and gas production and new forms of energy can only fill this much then something else has to fill this part something has to right fill. something has to fill that I mean you could look at like nuclear power and stuff like about people well are, and some people are right people are, are but people seem like really I never really understood power. why everybody was against nuclear power but I. Um, I, I just, um, like I understand the fervor and everything, but like it, it's, yeah, it's the it's pretty. I guess you know it's the catastrophe that came with like you know one of those yeah, yeah two of those nuclear reactors, right? So yeah, the famous one they made an HBO show about. Yeah, but I mean the Titanic like drowned a bunch of people, but we didn't stop getting on boats. Uh, yeah, I guess we learned from the Titanic yeah. not to do those things again. Not to drive into an iceberg, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, sail into yeah. an iceberg, what? steer into an iceberg. I mean, I think nuclear power. I, I have no no context about it. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I, yeah. I don't really um, but I think it's it's one way to go, and I don't think we should be completely isolating ourselves. Right. Yep. Um, again, it's one piece of that pie that we need. You yeah. just have to have consistent energy, that's reliable and that's affordable. Yeah. Yeah, and under reliability, you can throw in the word clean, because that's what that's what reliability should mean. Like clean means that you know you aren't really you're offsetting your carbon footprint as a consequence. You're getting it. You aren't you know causing too much of a consequence to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but um, so what we're seeing right now is uh, you know part of the part of the challenge that people are having with and not so much in Texas this year, but in some other parts of the country uh, with a you know constraints on power generation. Yep. is we shut down too many coal-fired plants because in anticipation of these other things taking their place. That didn't didn't rally to the aid as yet. Yeah, yeah and yep. so now they're going, well, we're going to have to go back and yep. so fire up these. So the coal turns out to be reliable, even though it's not clean. Yep. Right? So. I mean, Europe had a really good, uh, strong green message for a long time, but the second they saw an extreme... Uh, harsh, hot summer coming and a potentially long harsh winter coming they suddenly threw some of that out the window and said no ramp up the, the coal plants and it's unfortunate because like you know they, they supply of energy was cut down by a by a war yeah right? and yeah, like yeah. there's no end to that in sight in the near future no, not so. that I can see yeah. yeah but even if it does end the, you know the cost then the, the the cost of affordability goes down because it'll never be affordable anymore to get that energy from that right, supplier. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, so that's, 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 so they're going to have to think of it. But, you know, the, the pure fossil path isn't the only, it's not a sustainable path in itself. That, because you can't ramp that up 
as fast. You're going to need alternate energies to also compensate for things. There's there's going to be gaps in every every thing. Yeah. Think, right. So yeah. I mean, you can. Uh, yeah. 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 But yeah, the yeah. ratio will still be a very high fossil fossil fuel uh, driven thing. Now I see hydrogen come up. Yeah. Uh, you know that's the new uh, that's the new one. Yeah. Fantastic. Bring it on, but scale it up. Right. Have you see it. Work yeah. I, I don't understand why there's not more energy. But, sorry for the uh, yeah. But there's not, why not why not more. Um, wow, it's the end of a long week on a Friday, and my words aren't really going together. Yeah. But but there's not as much uh, you know excitement about hydrogen as it seems like there ought to be. Like there, there should be. be there yeah. should be a it's lot the more. The of all of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you can produce it so that's so that evil stuff that we get out of the ground, like you yeah. can make hydrogen out of that. Yeah, and the byproduct is water. I don't understand why hydrogen hasn't gotten the same kind of popularity or or why uh, it's kind of a socially faux pas thing. People seem afraid of it. So you know what it leads you to think. And I hate to be the guy that is like this, the conspiracy jaded person, but anytime you see something like that that doesn't seem to make sense in life, it usually means that there's money tied to something else, right? That's usually what it means. It usually means, when you say, how come people aren't doing this because it makes so much sense and instead they're, they're like they're doing this and that's fine, but they're only doing this and they're not doing that. It usually, like I always think follow, follow the money. Yeah, there's follow the money. money. I mean like where the investment is and, and, where the, and where the trends are. There's also like sometimes there's also social trends that make you, that influence business decisions. They aren't always the best deciding factors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of like, obviously I'm a big fan of solar because we have a sun. But, you know, like, it's not scalable. It's a very expensive way to actually put those panels up. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's something we need to do, right? They're so, hard to get rid of, it turns out. Uh, the panels? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. the whole disposal problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, okay. in California, it's already happening, right? Because, because California was on, because they, were, because they were the first state in, in the U.S. to really highly incentivize solar among residential and things like this, right? So, so. So that like 20 to 25 year lifespan or whatever it is for the solar panels, well, they're already getting there in a lot of cases because they started this a lot earlier. And so now it's like, well, we got to get rid of it. But, you know, they got toxic chemicals in them. So um, so there's a company, I think, what are they called? Uh, I, it, I have a funny, like a cute name, like, like, like we get rid of your solar or something or other. I don't know. But they're, 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 they, they dispose and recycle uh, solar panels and they're making a killing because, you know, a lot of because a lot of these in California already. However, they can't operate in California. Oh, because of the EPA rules? So they have to operate. They have their, they have their facilities in, like, Arizona, in uh, Arizona. So, so, so they're trucking these they're things. Trucking, so they're yes. trucking the solar panels yeah, so out, of, yeah, out of California into the, yeah. Exactly. So, um, um, but all of that kind of stuff is just... Uh, yeah, you should get on, like, some of these, this, in very entrepreneurial uh, solar companies in, in Texas alone. Texas style. You should get some of them on your, on your show. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know any? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk after. Okay, sounds good. Here. There's one in particular. The, the CEO, I think, is... He, he, I've seen him speak before. He's a pretty good speaker. Yeah, so. good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we take all kinds. Yeah. All right. Is that good? I think that's good for today, right? I think it's good I think, for today, yeah. We'll we wrap it up. About, we can talk about strip mining and all that kind of stuff later on. So, yeah, well, I didn't. I haven't asked you yet how many years do you have to drive your Tesla before you, uh, you know, the emissions that it took to make your battery, how long does it take you before you save those emissions? Oh, we don't driving. think about those things. We just drive. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you were very honest about this in the beginning. You said, I bought a Tesla because I want to drive fast. I want the speed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want that, that, yeah, full. Instant, full torque. Just to see what it felt like. What, so what, how is it? You've it's, had it for a few months now, right? Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's it's not that it's not a Model S Plaid like the crazy you know zero to right. sixty in two seconds thing, right. but it's uh, yeah it's pretty pretty interesting like it like what it is is 
the the creator of it of those cars uh you know and uh his his concept was a single car that is a family vehicle and transportation but is also a high performance sports car all in one that's really what it is like and it it's just a weird combination and okay. also like a family entertainment center it's, it's all right. in one yeah. right 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 that's really what a tesla is all three of them do you ever have like family night i mean family movie night in the car my son and I do that sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. sometimes. Yeah, he likes it because it has a lot more like kid-friendly things in there that yeah. he plays with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the sunroof open and or, do you have? A, you don't have a sunroof? No, it has a full panoramic view thing. Yeah, they yeah. don't really have sunroof things. Well, that's not true. I think there's a there's a roadster version I can probably take. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something like there you that. go under the stars watching a movie in the yeah. car. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's yeah. a crazy price one. But yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. I mean, right. um, you know, it's a interesting vehicle and uh, yeah. uh, electric is here to stay look at the uh, F-150 electric I mean the lightning yeah you can run your house when the, the power goes out yeah. for F-150 is the most I mean, you gotta have the cutover switch what was that called the the, oh, ma- a- the manual uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, you got to install on your house? The, that's right. Yeah, you right. need one of those things, and and it cuts over your supply to, to the other. You need box, to do that, right? It's yeah. not hard to do. No, no. If you're an electrician, it's really easy. You need to have an electrician. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I found I couldn't install it myself. Yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. tough. By Although I sat with the electrician and kind of yeah, you watched it. and you go, I think I could have done that, I think but, I could have done that yeah. but I'm not UL listed. Is yeah. the problem? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then like you got you call you, the city has to approve it. Yes. Uh, well, if you're in the city, I'm in the county, so. Oh yeah, so I, I got I had the city had to approve it, and then Centerpoint had to approve it. Right. So there was a long approval process to this, and all it was was them sending photographs to the people mm-hmm. to approve it, of a standard design. Yeah, yeah. It could have been it could have been photos that you took off the internet and sent. Yeah, yeah. It was off a standard design. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And allegedly, someone came by to look at it, but they never really went on. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I haven't really seen any. We don't want to get you in trouble. Yeah. There might be some. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's fully certified. There's a sticker on it. So once there's a sticker, that's <laughs> it. A sticker, I don't ask any questions. That, yeah. So the question is, where do I get the sticker? That's where do you, where, yeah. where do you get the sticker from? Yeah. That would be the thing. All right, Ration Toolsy. I don't think I said your name the whole time. So uh, thanks for. Uh, sure, man. Just in case people were wondering who they were listening to, it's that's you. That's right. And the hat is. And the hat is gift. the hat. You can get to keep the hat. But thanks for making time Friday afternoon. And uh, yeah, anytime, man. Yeah, we'll get yeah. you. We'll get you coming back soon. Let's talk about solar and mining next. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.